This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater, Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Day. Yet last fall, I pled guilty in federal court to felonies for the benefit of, at the direction of, and in coordination with individual number one. And for the record, individual number one is President Donald J. Trump. It's a day for superlatives up on Capitol Hill. Michael Cohen, President Donald Trump's former fixer and personal attorney, is delivering what one cable news network has called very, very explosive uh, testimony over several, several hours. Uh, Michael Cohen has been on the Hill earlier this week uh, with the Senate Intelligence Committee. He'll be there all day on Wednesday with the Oversight and Reform Committee in the House in public testimony, and then he will go before the House Intelligence Committee. So there's a lot of Michael Cohen going on on Capitol Hill. And one thing that I think we pay attention to here at Political Theater is the theatrics of this. There is a lot going on with, with his testimony, but what kind of political effect does it have? Simone Pathé and Bridget Bowman, Roll Call's senior political reporters, are here to break down what uh, whether this changes anything in the sort of the campaign and elections and political calculus for 2020. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. So th- that is one, one thing that I, I do have a, a sort of a question for. I mean, the, the, um, the president's approval and disapproval ratings, are they have a range, and, and they, they float down, they float up, but it seems to be somewhere in the mid-30s to mid-40s. Uh, one of the more recent uh, approval uh, polls that I saw was with YouGov, uh, and they had him at 43%. Uh, last week there was something from Morning Consult that had him at 42 is there is there any have you seen anything from your your travels and your reporting the two of you that would suggest that 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 approval rating could take a hit uh, could we see a dip or is it going to change anything is is Michael Cohen's testimony going to change anything I don't think there's any imminent change on the horizon I think his support is pretty baked in as is the resistance um and a lot of what Cohen is talking about you know calling Trump a liar and a con man and a cheater like People who don't like Trump have known that for three or four years, right? Right, <laughs> and dating back to 2015. Totally. And, or maybe even before that. And, and so. his supporters, on the other hand, feel just as strongly that he's being maligned by the mainstream media you saw. Um, don't Mark, you mean the lamestream media? The lamestream media, yes. excuse me. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan this morning delivering like really red meat rhetoric for that base mm-hmm. who is incensed that their president is being attacked. You know, how dare they? Mm-hmm. And so from my perspective, I think there's kind of hardens both sides. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think the question is, what does it do for the people in the middle? Maybe people who aren't wild about President Trump, President Trump's tweets, aren't wild about his character, but don't really hate the job that he's doing as president. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the um, if the Cohen testimony does enough to change their minds. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's as we've gone out and traveled to talk to voters, it's not something that we hear from people about because it's been this kind of ongoing, slow drip of of developments in all these different investigations that's tough to keep track of. And it's just kind of been a, a slow build of all of this stuff. And Cohen kind of adds to all of it, but I don't know if it's enough to really like trigger a huge public reaction. 
Bridget, you were uh, we were discussing a little earlier about uh, some of the folks at Priorities USA who you were speaking to recently. Uh, this is one of the you know most prominent super PACs uh, on the you know that usually help out Democrats and progressive and liberal causes. They were heavily involved. They have been heavily involved in the last few election cycles, uh, and they you know they seem to uh, sort of back up kind of what you're saying, right? I mean, like Guy Cecil, who's the director of Priorities USA, said that impeachment wasn't something that they were pushing, at least at this point, you know, in, in the Trump travails. What are, what are they talking about? Right. Um, so Guy Cecil's main point in a briefing with reporters last week was that Democrats are going to be talking about issues that actually impact voters' lives, like health care, like the economy. And he actually said, while everyone's talking about special counsel Robert Mueller, we're going to be talking about high health care prices. Simone, you mentioned Jim Jordan, who's the committee's ranking member, the Oversight and, Go- and Reform Committee's ranking member. He's a Republican from Ohio and a founder of the Freedom Caucus. And Mark Meadows, who kind of uh, perhaps stagily flew off the handle in questioning uh, Michael Cohen a couple of times. I guess what I'm saying is, is I've talked to, to the president over 300 times. I've not heard one time a racist comment out of, out of his mouth in private. So how do you reconcile it? He's a Republican from North Carolina and, and uh, also a Freedom Caucus guy. Um, I mean, they, they're firing up the troops, but do they have much of an appeal past that hardcore Republican, you know, sort of defender of Donald Trump? Are they, are they winning over anybody at this point? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, as you said, the base is still pretty powerful and they're still with Trump and it's still a really important factor. It's going to be in a lot of these Republican primaries. Um, look no further than North Carolina. For example, we've got two upcoming special elections with Republican primaries where all the candidates are going to be running to the right, and it's going to be a Trump loyalty contest, as it has been for the past two years. We shouldn't ignore the fact that the only reason this whole testimony is happening is because Democrats did pick up 40 seats. And so it's not like Trump and in November. In November. (laughs) It's not like Trump and the chaos and the alleged corruption. It's not like it's nothing. Like it's still been a powerful political force in a lot of districts that had voted Republican for a long time. Take Virginia's 10th district, for example, Barbara Comstock's old seat or Eric Paulson's seat in Minnesota. Like the reason these people lost is because they could not survive on the same ticket with Donald Trump. Right. Um, even though he wasn't even on the ticket. But well, he just, right. His presence is just there <laughs> all the time. It's just looming. It's the elephant in the right. room. So even if candidates are not specifically tying Republicans to Michael Cohen or to Russia, it's it just kind of looms over everything. And I, I guess, I mean, I don't, I don't want to um, state that this is not an issue. This this isn't an historic moment or, an, or a sort of a, a moment that people will pay attention to in the future. But Absent, it seems, actual impeachment proceedings in the House, this is elevated. I mean, it's certainly animated, uh, but it doesn't seem that different than the the kind of the back and forth we see just in arguments on just cable news. Uh, I mean, it, again, leaving aside impeachment, if unless until unless and until that happens, we, we've got a new ball game. But this just seems like uh, they're just sort of turning it up to eleven. That's right. Like I said, it just seems like another layer to this kind of building investigation, all these questions about all these different issues. And yeah, I think impeachment proceedings will definitely be a higher level, mm-hmm. but and will make it more real, I think, for candidates running for re-election or for challengers being questioned, how are you going to vote? Or And that makes it, like I said, just more real for, for people. And this whole drama is so D.C. You know, mm-hmm. we hear yeah. about bars that have drink specials all day long. <laughs> like, real people have to work. Like, <laughs> they can't just go to the bar and start drinking at the bar, 10 a.m. Like, <laughs> playing drinking bingo with Michael Cohen, you know? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> well, uh, and and I, I suspect that, you know, because right after we wrap up recording this, you all will be headed to CPAC, which is the annual gathering of conservatives down at National Harbor. Uh, and you'll get another taste of, of what uh, particularly the conservative community has to say about this. So we may have more to report in the coming days. But at this point, uh, we're going to leave it at there for this uh, for this edition of Political Theater. And thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, NPR One, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at RollCall. And thank you for listening. 